Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to the On Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper at Chrysler Center, where Illinois gets another big road win in the state of Michigan, 93-85. Had a lot of similarities, Derek, to the uh, Michigan State win last week, but a big response after losing at home to Ohio State. The win keeps Illinois in the Big Ten title race for the final week with two games remaining. You're just one game back of Wisconsin, tied with Purdue. Those teams take on each other, of course. On Tuesday, Illinois still has Penn State left on the schedule, and Iowa, they come to your place. Iowa playing really, really well. But you got to take care of your business, but you have a chance. And I thought today was another great response uh, for Illinois. Takes a double-digit lead. Trent Frazier, Kofi Coburn come up clutch late. But also, you're starting to see Coleman Hawkins and Andre Curbelo kind of come together. And kudos to the officiating. I thought the officiating was great today. Good job, Bo Baraski. Are you Courtney, allowed to say that? I don't, I don't know if we are, but yeah, I, I said it, so bring the arrows this way. That was complete performance, I thought. I mean, defensively, you wanted to be better, Derek, but offensively, that's what you think this team's ceiling can be. 1.3 points per possession, mm-hmm. so many options, and Michigan just had no chance of really stopping them. Yeah, it was a beautiful offensive performance. You scored 93, which is the most Michigan's given up all year. Plummer goes on another one of those first-half heaters, and it's just unbelievable the type of shot-making that he's able to put on display. It's starting to, you start to think about it, Illinois. Have you seen a more prolific, lethal shot maker from three? Like, I, I don't know. In terms of the space that he doesn't really need, and, and when he's on a heater, it's, it's hard to find someone that's been that, that effective or, or that kind of level. So, uh, credit to him for getting going. Kofi had a great response and, and played really well throughout the entirety of the game. Uh, I know Hunter Dickinson had a really nice start, like five points yeah. and five rebounds in the first four minutes. But after that, I mean, he finishes four for 13 from the field. I thought Kofi did a good job defensively. Uh, Trent Frazier to be aggressive and make a couple of threes in the first half. And then obviously another closing time kill for him. Uh, that was that was big time. But you spoke to the balance and just having a number of guys step up. Curbelo in the second half particularly was really, really good. Coleman Hawkins continues to trend in a very positive direction with his energy. I thought he defended pretty well. And in terms of a matchup, like Diabate was a guy you worried about. And he had his moments. But uh, the fact that you could throw Hawkins out there for extended minutes made sure that that wasn't a, a mismatch throughout the entirety of the game. So uh, very encouraging response for Illinois. He finished the year 7-3 and three on the road in Big Ten play. That's that's a team that can walk into a lot of buildings and have success, and uh, that's key to being towards the top of the Big Ten standings. We'll talk about the race going into the final week of the season, but uh, quad one win and uh, certainly one you're feeling good about. Yeah, 53 points combined between Kofi Coburn and Alfonso Plummer. I, I mean, Plummer, I'm, I'm starting to think of like you know my all Big Ten teams, and I feel like I've been overlooking Plummer. 
right, is maybe a third-team guy, second-team guy. I, I think he's going to get probably more votes outside of Illinois. You know, people watch him every day than Trent Frazier, even though I think Trent Frazier is more valuable. And you saw that late in the game, who was on the court and who wasn't. Plummer wasn't playing because defensively he really struggled uh, against Devontae Jones. But the, the, the shot-making ability, 23 points in the first half for him, 19 points in the second half for Kofi, to have those kind of offensive threats along with Frazier, along with Curbelo, if they can sustain that, if they can build off that, Derek, this team is is really dangerous going into March. And it's why every national guy is sitting there going, hey, if there's a sleeper, if there's a 20-1 to 1 or 25-1 to 1 national title you know, odds, I like Illinois. Like mm-hmm. It's because when you have halves like that, when you can score like that, um, when other teams have to score like that, but you can also muck it up and play well and win, that's why Illinois is, is a really interesting team ending in March. I do want to hit on this with Alfonso Plummer, though. Six made threes today. Last two games, he is 14 for 19 from three. Yeah, 10, three 10 nine, yeah, yeah. 14 of 19 <laughs> over the last two games after going 0 for 7. Now on the season, he has 86 three-pointers. That's fifth most all time in Illinois history in a single season. What a pickup he was. He's one behind Jalen Coleman Lands. Um, or no, he just passed a – yeah, no, he's one behind Jalen Coleman Lands. Uh, Corey Bradford had 96. D. Brown had 99. Luther had's going to be tough to catch at 116, but Alfonso is actually making more than Luther made that 05 year. Uh, he made just under three. Al- Alfonso's making more than three per game. Just an unbelievable sharpshooter. He's, he's the best shooter I've seen in an Illinois uniform, which is saying something because there's been some really good shooters. There have been some really good ones, yeah. I mean, to hit five threes in the first half today, six threes in the first half against Ohio State, he had close to that in, in the Rutgers game, I think, as well. So there have been a number of those just offensive punches right off the bat that have been huge. And He's an All-American in the first half. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he really is. Uh, and, and it was good that Curbelo was giving you quality minutes so that when he was getting beat up a little bit defensively by Devontae Jones that you could pivot off that. And uh, you're not going to complain about 26 points from Plummer, whether it was in the, mostly in the first half or whatever it was. That's, that's great production. Uh, but as Brad talked about after the game, and, and to your point about just having – so many different ways you can beat a team. You can throw it into Kofi and you have an All-American big man there. You can play pick and roll, which we saw some really nice encouraging things with Curbelo there. And I think that Curbelo's getting more comfortable in that. That's hard to guard. you got shooters around them. Uh, and I also like that Curbelo even – and Curbelo and Hawkins both make this team play a little bit faster. I think yeah. that fast break points is still something they can tap into a little bit more. There was one run out where Curbelo hit Plummer for a quick – fast break three that we haven't seen a whole lot of this year. I think that's another area you could still still see this team become really hard to guard. So uh, defensively, they really weren't great, especially in the second half. But uh, yeah, I think that when you when you start to think about where this team could be in a couple of weeks and just all the talent that's on there and different answers that they have, uh, I understand why teams think this team can go on a deep run. Well, because Alfonso goes off, so what does Michigan want to do? They want to get in front of him, not give him any space, and then that leaves Kofi Coburn one on one in the post and you saw what he was able to do. Uh, Kofi this is why last week after or a couple of days ago, Derek, at the end of the podcast I said, we could come out here and say Big Ten title race is done. Illinois is not gonna win it. Kofi's out of the player of the race. Well, then he has a game like this. Illinois has a game like this. Purdue loses. Um still got Chase Wisconsin, but Kofi between two great All-American caliber big men. Like, I think Hunter is playing at that kind of level this year. He's just not on a great team this year. Um, to to have own this and dominate it like he did was was really impressive. 27 points, and then the defensive job he did on Hunter Dickinson, uh, who was 13 points but needed 13 shots to do it. And a lot of that, like, I think he had 
eight points maybe against Kofi, nine points against Kofi. Um, so I just thought that was another player of the year type performance that gives him a shot at that award going in the last week. Yeah, he's dominated some matchups that he is certainly the imposing figure. Like you look at Wisconsin, uh, played really well against Michigan State, which you got to give him credit because Michigan State does have size. But one of the knocks on Kofi seasons is that in the marquee matchups, when you look at some of the, the like-sized big guys are just you know, really good big men that he's gone up against. He hasn't played his best, Arizona, most notably Purdue as well. Uh, and then Ohio State didn't have the size, but they certainly, EJ Liddell, uh, all-conference guy, and they attacked him well defensively, Kyle Young for sure. Uh, so to play like that against Dickinson, who's had a great Big Ten stretch in his own right, and, and to outplay him and it be convincing and be con really efficient, 11 for 15 from the field. I thought he was very decisive with his moves. I thought he was strong. He was able to finish left hand, right hand, uh, even had like this face-up power dribble through Dickinson and score. He did a lot of really good things offensively, played good defense. Other than giving Dickinson one wide-open three that he made, Hunter went one for five from three, and you'll live with that. So uh, a really nice response from Kofi, who, you know, was not very good against Ohio State. And I know that Brad said they had a long talk in the days leading up to this one, and he certainly had his, his mind in the right place and, and came out and responded. And I'll say it again, he's clutch. Like, Trent made such a great shot, and again, it was basically the same thing as Michigan State. Clock's winding down, called his own number, and that was against Caleb Houston, uh, who's, who's a long, athletic kid. Uh, so for him to do that was, was great, but it gets down to two, Derek. Who do they go to? Kofi in the post, one-on-one -on -one against Dickinson, goes over his left shoulder for about a six, seven-foot hook shot, and it's just huge. And he was confident, and he said, you know, he's not a guard that's going to break people down off the dribble like Trent or like Io, but he learned from Io. You got to be confident. You got to be like, I'm going to lift my team to a win here. That was such a huge bucket. Uh, and he did the same thing against Michigan State, a couple huge buckets late that maybe he's not creating on his own, but one-on-one -on -one against Hunter Dickinson, he comes up clutch again. So I, I think that's growth from Kofi because he didn't have to be in those moments previously. Now you're the best player on your team. He's putting in those moments, and he's he's coming up clutch just like Io did. There's a lot of pressure there. I mean, Michigan cut it all the way down to two. And for him to be able to be a guy you go to, and we talked about and tried to figure out what's Illinois going to be in closing time. And now that Kofi's made a couple of those, the fact that Trent's been able to hit these pull-up threes, you got a couple of different options. And, yeah, if you're going to have a one-on-one -on -one match matchup with Kofi, you'll pretty much take that anytime you can get it. And for him to, to have that confidence and uh, composure to be able to just go up and make a shot is is very encouraging. And then, yeah, for that, for that guard, that fifth-year guard and Trent Frazier to – to be able to have another closing time kill in Michigan. And, and look, I, I asked him about it, and I think that Io got remembered as a winner because of those shots. I, and Trent's going to be remembered the same way, a guy that went through a lot of losing. The fact that now you've won five in a row against Michigan. We covered a lot of Illinois teams that couldn't beat Michigan to save their lives. Uh, it's, it's obviously a, a turn dynamic here. Uh, and Trent Frazier, he's a winner. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your bench is giving you a big boost now, Derek. Coleman Hawkins played 26 minutes today, some at the five. Omar Payne was awful today. I'll just put it bluntly. He was bad today. Only plays four minutes, but they play Hawkins at the five, and they look, they look good offensively when he's at the five. Uh, defensively, they give up a little bit, right? But um, he looked really good active defensively. Uh, huge rebound towards the end, offensive rebound to, to give Illinois another possession in a two-possession game at that time. Uh, the step-back three it was kind of a no-no-no, yes kind of one, but he showed he can do that. But the, the putback was, was unbelievable from him. But he's starting to get that good energy he had a moment in the game where he, he didn't get back on defense and, and Underwood reamed him and he didn't like it very much and he kind of walked away from Underwood but got back into the game and, and got some big plays and Andre Curbelo that's Andre Curbelo I mean 10 of, tw- of his 12 points in the second half and every time Michigan was making a run Andre Curbelo was the guy to stop it I mean in the middle of the second half he had a couple buckets, but also a couple assists. It got Kofi four points during that stretch. So Michigan got down to five. Curbelo basically took over that game. So uh, huge performance from him, and I thought he was pretty good defensively too. So if he's doing that, uh, that's good. He's going to have turnovers. He had four turnovers tonight. Some really hurt you. But uh, to see those two guys, Derek, that, that's where you're thinking, oh, this ceiling hasn't been reached yet because if those two guys are giving you that, you're a dangerous team. Yeah, they're big keys to taking those next steps as a team and be playing your best basketball as you go down the stretch. And uh, to have those two as a duo off the bench in that second unit, you wish that you had RJ uh, to also be that third guy just based on the way that he was trending here. But that has put more onus on Coleman Hawkins to play up to his potential or, or start to build towards that. And to his credit, he's been pretty consistent here of late of showing up and answering the call and, and being a guy that has good energy and that is playing both ends pretty well. I know that yeah, missed a couple of free throws and, and still might take a shot or two that you might not want him to. But uh, a step back over Dickinson, I know you'll take that for sure. And, yeah, he's, he's turning into kind of a, a right place, right time type of guy rebounding-wise because when he's playing with a lot of energy, he seems to the ball seems to find him on the offensive glass. And Curbelo – Scoop. It finds his length. Like yeah. right? He's just so long that if he's active and going towards the ball, he's got a chance at it. Yeah, definitely. Curbelo, scoop layups, uh, mid-range jumpers, and then like that drop-off bounce pass to Kofi for a dunk. And uh, as I mentioned, the plumber transition three that he set up and, and uh, assisted for. He was in a rhythm. You could tell he was playing confidently and uh, within himself as well. I mean, I know he had four turnovers, but uh, a guy that – that looked the most like Curbelo that we've seen outside of the Purdue games, but still just uh, now that you're leading into the last week of the regular season, that was really a big deal. That's scary. It's scary for other teams because one thing they've missed during some of these long droughts is who can go get you a bucket. That guy can get to the rim so easily. Uh, and you saw it tonight uh, pay off, and, and Michigan couldn't stop it. Uh, so that, that's really exciting if you're an Illinois fan. And, and Hawkins just gives you something you don't have, Derek, because when, when Williams was in the game today, he only played 17 minutes, Diabate was a problem. Right, like Houston was a problem. That length gave them a problem. Hawkins gives you somebody that can uh, really exploit that. And also, if, if Dickinson's on him, take him off the dribble. That's been really good. He's been, you know, probing the defense pretty well. He'll have some turnovers, some bad passes. Kind of gets a little too amped up a little bit, but um, that just he just gives you a different look. Yeah, we've seen the way that some five-out offenses, Ohio State, 
can stress Kofi. And, and similarly, when Hawkins isn't at the five, he brings that dynamic. And as you were saying, a guy that can put the ball on the floor. And when he is able to gather himself in the lane and find some guys, he's a good passer. And, and I think that that can still progress a little bit more from him uh, with the ability to make some shots and, and even make a play off the dribble. So uh, that is certainly good. And it's not like Hawkins playing the five. There were a couple of matchups where he was on Dickinson. He didn't get killed. Like he. Yeah. He was still able to hold his own. Now, do you want Hawkins guarding Zach Eady? <laughs> Probably not. There are going to be some of those matchups where you either don't want him at the five, you're going to have to send help. But other than that, he does bring a different dynamic. And again, I think just a different energy uh, when they're playing that five out and hit him at the five. Reminds me of like Georgie against Isaac Haas back in uh, those days. He's yeah. just out, out man there. Um, that's why it's nice to have a guy like Kofi Coburn. All right, uh, some some negatives here, Derek. Uh, at one point, they were 11 of 21 from the free throw line. They did make those late. Uh, Trent Frazier and Andre Corbello made a pair late to, to kind of help that number. But for a long part of the game, they were shooting better from three than from the free throw line. Uh, they could have put this one away earlier uh, if they make free throws. And free throws has been a problem uh, for this team this year. Yeah, you have it up 70%. That's 220th uh, in the country. What are they in Big Ten play, Derek? Give me that check on conference only. Tenth. Yeah, they're 10th at 71%. So, I mean, 70% isn't in the 60s, but not too far away from it. Um, so that, that's been an issue for them. And defensively, um, Fonte Jones, for the second straight game, ate him up off the dribble. Um, so that seemed to be more plumber, and maybe at times Curbelo, but uh, they put Frazier on Devontae Jones late. But he got going, and then it felt like it was harder for Curbelo and um, Frazier to stop him just because he was feeling good. It's kind of like the Tyson Walker thing. Yeah, and it is a situation where you you have Brooks where you're going to put Frazier on him, and for Brooks to only score four points, you're certainly going to take that. But when if there's another guard that can hurt you and Plummer has that assignment, it can go wrong. And, and you do got to give credit to Jones that he's not played up to his potential, but he still has potential to be a d decent player. So 25 and 10, that was a huge night. He exploded, uh, got confidence. And then, like you said, as he was going, even when Trent was on him a little bit late or Curbelo, he was, he was already in a mode there that was able to, to score. And then also when Hawkins got taken out, Diabate was making plays, which further shows the, the four-man issue, the long four. Uh, and they like to play high-low. So when it was Grandison or DeMonte, that didn't really work out too well. Uh, and Caleb Houston, they lost him in transition. And, and not they just seemed to be scrambling sometimes after uh, not, you know, not scoring and getting back on defense. And, and Brad mentioned transition defense a lot going into this game. There was uh, allowing him to get one or two catch-and-shoot threes in transition allowed this to be a, a closer game. So uh, when you give up, and especially in the second half, you know, 55, 56% from the field and on the on the game, 1.2 and a half, you know, 1.3 points per possession, that's not something Brad's going to like. Yeah, in the first half, uh, offensive rebounds were a problem. They didn't make you pay for it in the first half, but that, that certainly was a problem uh, for Illinois. But I will say the one thing about this Michigan team is if they get into the tournament and they're, say, a 10 seed, I don't want to be that seven. If, I, if they're 11 seed, I don't want to be that six. Uh, or I don't want to be the other 11 seed in a playing game. Because Diabate and Houston are playing really well right now. Like those five stars starting to look like five stars. And if, if Juwan Howard convinces those guys to come back, Michigan's going to be really good next year. Oh, yeah. They definitely are. <laughs> they have another really good class coming in as well. Uh, I mean, even if you can just get one of them back. But Houston hasn't put together the type of year to probably make the jump. And uh, there'd probably be a, a big 
talk of him, you know, coming back and, and playing himself into a nice spot in the first round. Uh, Diabate has had a pretty nice year and a lot of potential, right. but he could even refine his game a little bit more, get that jump shot, uh, which would make him tough. But I agree. I think the high-low with, with Dickinson and Diabate is tough to, to go against. I think that uh, Dickinson playing inside out and, and when he's knocking down jump shots and their guard play is an issue, but I think that as a 10 seed, they could certainly right. pull an upset and then give someone because they're talented. They're they're certainly talented enough to give a two seed a run in that kind of a situation. All right, Derek. So two games left: Purdue against Wisconsin on Tuesday uh, at Wisconsin. Illinois is gonna be rooting for Purdue. Brett Underwood wouldn't say it. He said he won't watch the game. Uh, he's got his own stuff to focus on. But you got to win out, obviously. And Penn State's a team you have to beat. You are better than them at every position, right? Like you need to win that game uh, and take care of home court, and then you set up something with Iowa, right? So Illinois can't get too far ahead of itself, but they'll know uh, on Thursday what they need to do and who they're chasing, or if they're just kind of chasing with everybody because Purdue evens up Wisconsin. So uh, you got to take care of your own business. That's the most important thing, and, and hope everything else kind of falls your way. But a Wisconsin loss at home to Purdue would mm -hmm. certainly help you. Sit back with your popcorn. <laughs> I know that Brad's not going to admit to him doing that or anybody on the team. He's watching it. He, he's definitely going to be watching <laughs> it, and you got to cheer for Purdue, obviously. Uh, you're not going to be re relying on Nebraska the last weekend of the season to beat you know Wisconsin to try to give yourself a share there. But He, he should have said boiler up as he left. Right. Yeah, he should have said boiler up, boys. <laughs> he likes painter a lot. I mean, I get it. Um, but, yeah, I think that I'm not going to say anything with certain. Yeah, I would have said that I, I wouldn't have believed that Michigan State would get it done uh, against Purdue. I would expect Purdue to go beat Wisconsin, but Wisconsin's made me look like a fool for, for all year long. And uh, we, we were just driving on the way up here yesterday, and it's like, Wisconsin's 14-4 and four in the league and, like, 20 – what was it, 23-5? and 23-5. On the year – 23-5. What? How? I don't know how it happened. I, I They win such ugly games, all of them by a couple points, right? Like most of these games are decided between one and seven points. It's ridiculous, the, the run they're on. But I also have to give them a lot of credit. I don't think it's a team I'm picking in the Final Four. Um, I don't think they're as good as their resume says right now, which all the metrics say that too. But they find ways to win, and they don't beat themselves. That's the most important yeah. thing is they don't beat themselves. And that's what – Purdue sometimes does is they beat themselves with mistakes or droughts or they don't focus on defense. Uh, so Purdue better be ready because right now Wisconsin's a 46% chance to win even by the metrics. So um, I think Vegas might have Purdue as a slight favorite, but not by much. So that's going to be that's going to be a war. And if Purdue doesn't want to be looked at as kind of like a underachieving team, they need to go win that one. Yeah, definitely. And I know it's just that. weird to say out of a team uh, with their record, right? I know, I know, but. Uh, Ivy is going to want some revenge because Johnny Davis thoroughly outplayed him. I think Ivy had 14 and Johnny Davis was 35 or 37, whatever it was. But you look at like Kofi's success against Wisconsin's front line, you would imagine that Edie's going to eat them alive. Um, that's a bad matchup for Wisconsin. And I, again, I, I, I probably get caught too much into Purdue's the top of their roller coaster, like how good they can yeah. be when they're playing their best. And to your point, they, they've had the. Too, too many highs and lows for a team that is that talented. I know defense is a big part of that. I know Ivy has kind of his his moments of of inefficiency or just kind of aloofness. Would you say? Yeah, that's that's probably a good way to put it. Yeah, it's just like sometimes like, hey, take over. You're that yeah. good. Like, just be be the best guy on the court for for at least thirty minutes, right? Like. He's just so dang good that he can get where he wants. It's sometimes just maybe he makes it look so easy. 
that we think his motor's not running all the time, but I just feel like, yeah, man, if, you, if you're locked in for an entire game, which he should be against Johnny Davis, fighting for draft status here in the top five, top six, um, should be should be a great showdown. I, I can't wait to see it because Greg Gard is deserving of Coach of the Year uh, at this point. Johnny Davis, he has another big performance, is probably going to lock up Big Ten Player of the Year. If Ivy wins, obviously Big Ten Championship's up for grabs, but he could also put himself in that kind of uh, – battle again because it feels like he's kind of fallen down the list here in the last couple of weeks while Johnny Davis has risen up again. And I know that I don't know it like the last years as well. Obviously, last season you're familiar with, but when's the last time, not that I'm expecting you to have the answer, that we've gone into the final week of the regular season and you'd have a handful of Big Ten Player of the Year candidates that are still in contention yeah. that based on the way things break, Big Ten Coach of the Year is still very much up for grabs as well. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a really exciting and captivating uh, final week. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, and we're going to be here to cover it. So thank you for listening to the Illini Choir podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcast, a rating and review. Derek will have a piece on Kofi Coburn. Uh, Joey caught up with Andre Corbello, who had some really interesting things to say and pretty encouraging things to say uh, after this game as well. Sounds like he's all right um, for now. Everyone's going to be worried uh, see if he comes up tomorrow because he got hit in the head. Uh, we'll see uh, how he feels after that. But that's always a scare, but it is nice to hear him say he feels pretty good uh, after the game. Just had a little bit of neck tightness early. So we'll see where he's at with that. But check out the latest at IlliniInquire.com. For Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. It says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale. Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.